0: Gareth, welcome to the Smoke Pit, brother. Jamie, honor. Great to see you nonetheless. And, uh, yeah, we go way back, man. We go way back from probably 2012 when we both worked at the UFC gym. UFC gym. Fell in love with you and and your beautiful daughter, Gracie. And we used to train jujitsu and freaking, you know, drive the Jeep into, into Brooklyn to see concerts and just... What an what an awesome pivotal uh, molding point in, in both of our careers and, and our lives that uh, brought us together, man. And we've been brothers ever since. So uh, it's it's awesome to kind of reignite these conversations.
1: Yeah, it's fun, man. It's fun. Yeah, those are uh, those are interesting times under which we met.
0: Yeah, hundred
1: so, percent. Lot going on. I was kind of trying to figure myself out. I think I had yep. I had just gotten out of VP, and and you were like trying to get into the the security realm.
0: Yeah and and you were a great mentor and kind of someone who had had been there done that at a, at a very high level both in the army and then and then with you know private military contracting and so uh you know your advice was was greatly appreciated and received and you know it's interesting uh, like you said as you were transitioning out of that that kind of combat arms profession i was kind of entering into it and um was was limited you know obviously in new york and then when i moved down to, to florida full time you know actually having a second amendment right and be able to, to do more high threat ep type work um, yeah a lot of you in
1: long island new york
0: Hundred percent, man. Hundred percent, which is uh, which is kind of scary, you know, um, with with the current state and condition of of what's taking place in that that state that we were born and raised in and loved, and, and now it's kind of it's, it's on its way uh, south, unfortunately, you know.
1: So you might be interested to know, man. In fact, I'm sure you would. That uh, we actually just got done filming a, a pilot episode for a reality competition series. Okay. Um, we filmed it in Staten Island at a place called Trinity Training Complex. Okay. And, oh, my God, is this place freaking cool. Um, it's in the middle of Staten Island. They've got access to uh, an actual, you know, firearms range uh, okay. not far from. But on the premise, man, they've got, they've got like, one of the greatest indoor simulation training facilities. Really? Oh, you would love it, man. You would love it. Next
0: time 100%. you're in New York,
1: man, I'll plan a trip out there. Maybe we can go, uh, go pay them a visit.
0: And, and that, that would be awesome. And and I'm looking for that, you know, and I'm up in New York and, and, you know, to get together with my brother and his, he's a a cop in Brownsville, Brooklyn. So he's super busy raising three, you know, wonderful boys. And he's a great father, but his, his commute is two and a half hours one way into Brooklyn, two and a half hours out back home to, to, to Ridge where he lives. So it's an insane five plus hours of commute time. And, you know, it's very tough as, as a, a father of three and, and to find the time to get the reps in. And so I would love to coordinate something where we can all meet him. You and I can get some training in and uh, kind of sharpen the sword together, man. And I'm always looking for resources and ways to, to network and create some key leader engagement with individuals within the industry. And I'm always sharpening the crafts, man. And, and so I, you know, he's prefaced the conversation of me on Sundays, lighting a, a flaming katana and engulfing it into uh, this <laughs> eruption of, of, force of the element of fire and, and swinging in a uh, kind of drunken Musashi-like flow. But I've been learning kind of the, the tradecraft of, of fighting with a, a bladed weapon, and uh, it's, it's been interesting kind of tool to add to the arsenal. So it's uh, always sharpening the sword, literally and figuratively. And um, I want to extend the offer and the invite um, uh, September 29th through October 1st. Uh, Roman Sanford, uh, executive protection and, and risk mitigation firm that I work with, uh, is running a loan operator course. So we have a, a CAG operator, um, former ground branch operator that we're teammates with, who are going out to a range in eastern Long Island, uh, undisclosed location, to run a two-day loan operator course. Basically, you're thrown into a pervasive environment by yourself. How do you, you know, uh, strategically get out alive, so to speak? Uh, Dude. Get food weapons, how to move, locomote, and acquire all the necessary resources to, to cover your ass and get the hell out of Dodge after whatever executable mission uh, takes place and you do the job. So uh, that is September 29th to October 1st. So if you can make it up for that, that will be awesome.
1: Dude, yeah. We'll, we'll link up offline. You give me the details. I, I'll I'll definitely put that on my calendar. That, right. that sounds amazing. Cool. That's cool. Like fun stuff, man. Like, you know, yeah. it's, it's not too hard to find – you know your generic training everyone anyone can take you know a ccw course here's how to carry concealed, or like exactly. you know long-range shooting course that shit's fun but it's it's stuff like that man it's that like getting exactly. dumped in a foreign terrain and trying to figure out how to get the fuck out of dodge without yeah. getting lit up that's yeah. that's the fun stuff
0: it's the best and and, and like as as kind of a loan operator source and, and listen i use that term very lightly like i details, yes, I am protecting some of the most powerful people in the world, the 1% of the 1%. They do have, you know, nefarious groups, cartels, mafia type organized crime syndicates after them. And I usually am by myself, but I'm not doing stuff that you were doing freaking repelling, faster opening out of a bird, clearing a fucking room, you know, than M4. Like the shit you did is way more dangerous. And I'm not even comparing apples to oranges. But what I will say is, I have been able to use um, those skill sets. Uh, in many ways and one example real quick off the rip is I was with a client and friend uh, you know in in Spain this past summer and uh, you know we're driving to to basically drop off the package at at this beautiful like countryside villa and um, driving down the road and all of a sudden we make the right onto this winding little dirt country path to get to the villa and uh, two dudes jump out of this like murdered out uh, Ford Fusion (laughs) guns drawn literally (laughs) brush the vehicle she's screaming like bloody murder i'm like oh shit here it goes i'm like trying to stay calm cool collective they both try to open the doors and extract us from the vehicle and honestly like had it not been for like training like kidnap scenarios or someone trying to seize your vehicle and like props to dylan bowers and luke mcnamara for like repping me through those that scenario precisely um i might have and shit the bed and like shit could have went real south and i would have not been able to get off the x because i was like freaking out or panicking or hit you know drive instead of reverse like i did but i was able to hit reverse you know cut the wheel get off the x and, and you know proceed down the road but stuff like that happens man And it's like you never know and it's going to start happening here in the united states unfortunately as as things geopolitically get destabilized and we we descend into a resource war of sorts so i mean I say it all the time, man. Like you gotta know tactical emergency casualty care. You gotta know basic firearms. You gotta know how to shoot, move, communicate. And like, yeah, it's great. Oh, you're a pistolier. You stay on a static target and rip through paper with your nine mil and fucking act like you're John Wick. Well, that's good and dandy. But like, are you are you dummy carrying? Are you fucking smoke checking yourself? Is there a stress inoculation process? Are you just picking paper from ten meters out, acting like you're fucking? you know, some dev group operator, when you've never actually been able to, you know, leapfrog from, you know, obstacle to obstacle, or you've never been able to tactically do a drill, which is simulating of something that you'll actually experience, like, so I'm all about real-world tri- training and stuff that is actually going to uh, get you prepared for the worst-case scenario. So I'm so
1: glad that you said stress inoculation because that is that is that is the piece of training that most people don't talk about, man. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's cool to be able to put rounds on targets. It's cool to be able to shoot, move, and communicate like you said. But, you know, you you're familiar with the acronym uh, uh, FIBSA? No, but hit me uh, with it. FIBSA. FIBSA is an acronym used to describe the phenomenon that happens when even a most uh, – the most highly trained operator uh, encounters that that first round that either, you know, cracks or snaps past their head. And it stands for, fuck, I'm being shot at. <laughs> so, I mean, you can be the most high-speed dude in the world, right? You can have all the best chain yeah. training. But when FIBSA kicks in and yeah. it's like, oh, fuck, I'm being shot at. Yeah. All that yeah. shit goes out the window. You can hang your training up, man, if yep. you haven't also been sort of, you know, inoculated against the stress that comes yeah. with you know, actually applying that training against a live force on force element.
0: Yes. Yes. And you (laughs) fall back to your lowest common denominator of training. And so if you're not training to the highest level and you're not stress inoculating yourself when that fibza effect takes place and your OODA loop gets disrupted and you go from being the offensive aggressor, you know, direct action minded individual to now fuck them on the defense and now rounds are cracking overhead. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean that's gotta. And, and listen, I've had guns pulled on me. I've had knives pulled on me. I've never had rounds track over my head. I'm not gonna pretend like I have, but I can only imagine like the experience of that, and and how it just <laughs> rattles you to your core. And if you're not calm, cool, collective, man, like you're fucked man and you're gonna you're gonna be a bullet sponge for your teammates and um <laughs> what i'll say is like i've been just throwing myself in the fire man whether it be like jujitsu, jitsu whether it be muay thai going to kosamui thailand going to henzo gracie's blue basement and locking horns with gordon ryan and the her death squad and like dude just getting brim limb ripped from body like i was out in austin texas and training with my boy jiu jitsu giant shout out to Dan scrapping with him and there's like uh, Satoshi who's a 14 year old gold medal judo champion from Japan and just a murderous row of the best combat sports athletes in the world. And all of a sudden I hear the rotor report of a helicopter and sure shit, it's Tim Kennedy. And he walks into the Roker training facility. <laughs> yeah. And it's Tim and, uh, his, his boy Shane. And, uh, like, I just getting done, like, smoke. I probably got submitted, like, no joke, like 20 times in a row by my boy Jiu Jitsu John. And I see Tim, and I'm like, Tim, I'm tagging you in from the top rope. Help a brother out. And he looks at me, he looks at Dan, he's like, brother, you're on your own. I'm like, Fuck. and uh, so so at that point, I realized I'd done fucked up and I <laughs> got myself into a shit storm, and and yeah, I wasn't able to uh, you know, back up. But long story short. I'm constantly seeking subject matter uh, experts to learn and evolve, and throw myself into the fray with. And uh, I think because of that, I've been able to acquire skill sets that have like saved my ass in scenarios like what happened in Spain and countless others. Right, so um, really fortunate to train with good guys and have guys in my rolodex like you of your caliber and, and a network that you know understands the nature of the EP world and and how important and imperative it is to train uh, all those those hardened you know hard skills and soft skills you know because uh let's be honest man like you know verbal judo first and foremost risk mitigation like knowing how to assess an environment knowing how to do behavior analytics to, to to assess and break down the psychological profile of the people mm-hmm. in the room around you um, and then if if diplomacy fails and you know verbal judo is null and void then physical jujitsu and you know a lot of people just fall to the graces of oh i'm a fucking sharpshooter i got my gun i got my pistol well guess what man when you're in a federal building or you're in some big mall where you don't have that ability or you're in a third world country most of the time i'm unarmed in a lot of these third world countries depending on where it is and the threat level but like all i have is these man like this first and foremost like the sapio like um basically connection to the environment around me and then if i have to go hands-on and so Like if you're an EP, if you're any like profession where you're not training jujitsu and, and and boxing, and you're doing yourself and everyone around it's you, it's true, man. It's extreme disservice.
1: You are so unlikely, especially <laughs> an EP. You are so unlikely to encounter a life or death situation yeah. where you know where 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 uh, lethal force is warranted. Mm-hmm. So I think, well, I've got a gun. I came across yeah. this post recently. Uh, it was like, what's your favorite form of martial art? Half the comments was shit like nine mil. Sig like gun jitsu, like dude, that doesn't, yeah. yeah, Try that, try that when some dude slaps a cup of coffee out of your hand. Yeah, plug him in the chest a couple times, yeah, and see how how the rest of your life turns out. Uh It's not functional, dude.
0: No, no. And uh, it, it promotes, like, the radical escalation of force, where we should be promoting the radical de-escalation of force and, yeah. you know, learning how to train and, and learning how to, I mean, I've I've asked guys, like, guys that, you know, I've worked with or worked with, like, hey, man, we got full access to the UFC gym, like, we can do grappling, we can do team development, we can do pro dev, like, you have an opportunity, and Listen, man, I'm not saying – I consider myself a white belt in all facets of life, man. I know absolutely nothing, but because of that, my thirst for knowledge enables me to – You've taken the shit out of
1: me enough times, man. I know you're not a fucking (laughs) white belt. I have been asked to this, man, enough times.
0: Yeah, I'm like, let me just impart the skill sets to the team. And, and like, we do shooting, but no one ever does wants to do defensive tactics. And so I've taken it upon myself to work with my team on defensive tactics. Some dudes are hyper-receptive. Other dudes are like – you tell they let their ego get in the way, and they just they're not they claim to be about that life, like they're the, lar- the the loudest men in the room, you know, the dudes who pop like little Pomeranians from the mouth. But when push comes to shove and it's time to lock up, like good luck, dude! Like, you, you get know what? Maybe they
1: just need to see the likes of Tim Kennedy air assault into a jujitsu
0: class, exactly. Well, maybe I'll I'll say, I'll say, okay,
1: you know what? Jiu-jitsu this jiu-jitsu is kind of cool, jiu-jitsu sure.
0: I'll give you a but at the end of the day, man, like you could be a pistolier, You could be a sharpshooter. You can be this, that, the other thing, but I could also just as easily put you in a position where you're now my human holster and (laughs) you know, you can't retain your gun. Good luck. Like, what are you going to do? You know? And so I think the concept of like people needing to train those, those hardened skills and uh, you know, suppressing the ego. and, And, and that's really what it is. People are fearful, especially a lot of ego driven narcissistic males who think they know it all to throw themselves in, 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 in the shark tank, so to speak. And my intro to jujitsu, man, I was 245, probably the strongest I've ever been, you know, would lift extremely heavy weights with shitty form. And my lifting partner in, uh, in rugby in Argentina was my boy, Mateo. Shout out to him. He was a ground man. He was like 34. I was 20. I literally stalked some dude on a city bus in Buenos Aires, Argentina, followed him for 45 minutes, and then walked through the gates of Club Ciudad de Buenos Aires and said I wanted to play rugby. Got Beat for like a month before I could see the field, but it, it paid off, long story short. But, you know, my lifting partner, six to a five, 325. So I was, I got pretty strong. Like I had no other choice, right? And rugby, yeah. by the nature of the constant impact and playing at a high level, and just the hardening process that takes place in your joints and ligaments, really, just to survive the eighty minutes from start to finish, and the perpetual car crash of like running full speed at two yeah. forty into another guy who's like two forty or maybe heavier, and yeah, it's
1: like football meets hockey meets judo. It's it's a violent it, fucking. It, that's sport. a
0: great way to describe it. And yeah. I looked around on the rugby pitch. I mean, we played an alumni match in, in UNCW, and uh, this was like, man, man, right, six seven years ago now. And uh, we're, we're, we're like we're a bunch of older dudes, but we had like men on the team. These dudes are still boys, 19 to 22, right? And good good players, but like difference in physicality, difference in strength, right? And, uh, you know, I remember coming back, I almost severed my spinal cord tackling someone on a kickoff and, you know, played through it, not realizing the extent of the damage and the injury. And I, I suffered a like identity death when I could no longer play. And and so I had to find a replacement. And so I'd meet up in the UNCW gym upstairs and we had these throw down mats and we'd like emulate just horrible formed arm bars and whatever we saw in UFC the night before on a Sunday morning. And uh, eventually I transitioned to me going to all rules MMA and training jujitsu and then getting into fighting a few months later. But whatever. Um, my intro to jujitsu was me literally getting ragdolled by two girls who are 120 pounds soaking wet and for like two hours straight. Murdered me in my pajamas with swift, deadly assassin like efficiency. And I was like, I need to learn this. Like, I am 100 pounds, 115 pounds, heavier than these women, and they're literally smoking me on the mat.
1: Oh, yeah. And they're just absolutely folding your clothing while you're still wearing
0: yeah, it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Like, jujitsu is the art of being folded in your own clothes. Like, 100%. Yeah. yeah. And that was like, I'm not ashamed to admit it. And there was just, there was nothing I could do. Like, nothing I could do. And, you know, I realized at that point how vulnerable I was. And, you know, karate that I did as a kid was good. And I had done some boxing at that point. But, like, I, I didn't know really the nuances of fighting on the ground. And, man, yeah. 90% of fights end up on the ground. So, it's a huge skill set. And, uh, I mean, that's kind of how we forged a bond, right? Training martial arts together, man. Yeah.
1: I, I remember when I got to the UFC gym, man, my my approach because, you know, a I'm there because I want to work. You know, I, I I didn't pick, I didn't decide to work in an MMA gym uh, for anything other than, you know, so I could train MMA, man, and all the individual yeah. disciplines that go along with it. But, you know, I also want to be able to match clients up with the right trainer. So if you remember, man, I was going around to all of you guys, all of you yeah. fighters. Being like, hey, I need an hour of your time, man. Like, we got we to gotta roll. We got to bang. I want to see your specialty yep. so I can link you up with the right people and, you know, not waste your time with people that aren't suited to what you're doing. And holy shit. I think, you, I mean, you were a easily the most motivated person there to, to share that skill. You're like, hell yeah, let's do it, man. I'm free right now. What are you doing? I'm like, uh, shit. Okay. We're going. That's cool. We're getting the octagon. Behind the cage, man, and oh Jesus, the transitions! Like you like put me on the ground, just get on top of me, and like challenge me to escape, and then pin me up against the cage, and you know the same thing. And uh, but then you know in between, you're still you know testing those edges and, and 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 testing the hone on the steel. You grab some mitts and you know focus, focus, focus for for however long, and you know get me to shift fire there. And it was absolutely the most dynamic training that I received in that facility. It was it was spectacular. The the approach was so impressive. And that's honestly what I love training about what I loved about training with you yeah. in general, man, was how committed to you were to making it enjoyable. Yes. And honestly the first time I saw that was before you and I trained one on one. I had gotten yeah. there <laughs> right before Christmas. Uh, you remember that Christmas duck class?
0: Yes, yes. Where I the Santa Claus Yeah, yeah
1: exactly. So, so you have, the UFC gym has a class. It's uh, called Daily Ultimate Training. I don't want to compare it to CrossFit, but it's it's the same like, you know, functional training, strength, explosive, you know, all that shit. And the whole time, you're running around in a Santa hat and a beard yelling at everyone like, ho, 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 burpees faster. You want muscles for Christmas? Let's go. Ho, ho, ho! You call that a sit-up? It was, it was incredible, man. Like, was fucking dying. I'm, you know, doing, jumping from sprints on the treadmill to burpees on the turf to sandbag throws. And, yep. like, I'm trying to, you know, A, not throw up, and B, <laughs> keep my focus while laughing hysterically at you. It was, it was incredible, man. I was like, I gotta train more with this dude.
0: Oh, man, that <laughs> That's Those are, man, that literally is one of the most complimentary things I've ever had anyone say to me, so thank thank you for that, and I appreciate you seeing and feeling the, the energy and the, the hyper, hyper, hyper dedication to bringing about a world-class experience, to bring physical, mental, spiritual, emotional fortitudes to the surface of whoever I'm training with, but, but do so in a enjoyable, fun manner, but when it's time to go, like dead rights like kill or be killed type mentality and I think that's what's missing like in a lot of ways sometimes it's one or the other like you have these like cardio kickboxing classes that set the like soccer mom single mom of two up for dire you know distress when she thinks she has a false sense of confidence in what she can do because she learned a few like air punch or kick combinations and then she gets you know robbed or something worse in the parking lot of of a Walmart as she's trying to, you know, grocery shop for two kids. So, like, there's a lot of good actors out there or just people who teach some fugazi BS and pawn it off as martial arts or self-defense. And, like, I really take uh, a noble truth and a noble pursuit and taking the most pure form of... Jiu-Jitsu, judo boxing muay thai and, and throwing myself into the fire throwing myself in the fray like anything i teach is stuff that it's been troubleshot and and experienced in the cage or in the mat room or in a boxing ring firsthand and then distilling that down for a consumer base so that anyone of any skill level the kid with special needs all the way up to the seasoned professional fighter can absorb the knowledge the wisdom but also like the techniques the knowledge the strategy but really get that soulful connection and like epigenetically wire their body and prep and prime it for the worst case scenario. So that's another, like the neuromuscular link is super important too. And so, um, and, and then adding like the elements now, of, like I've been a student of, of breath work and really doing a lot more meditative practice. And I've been doing, stuff to really like I think I've always harpened the mental and the physical aspects of my body but the spiritual emotional side was missing and now that that fourfold kind of agreement to oneself um to be the best human being possible and, and be of service to society at the highest apex level um is really my motivation and so doing that with my clients is is everything you know that's that's just the blueprint you know
1: you hit on something really important there man I mean you hit on a number of things but there's something missing from society today. And it's, it's not just missing, it's being eroded. Mm-hmm. And that is like the true meaning of masculinity, man. Yes. You know, there's this, there's this term floating around. We've all heard it, toxic masculinity. Yeah. Um, And a lot of people, personally, I think it's, I think toxic masculinity is an oxymoron. You yeah. know, if, if you go out, I mean, we all know what hunting is, right? Yeah. If, if I go out and I, you know, use some kind of illegal bait, to uh to attract uh uh underdeveloped deer and kill that animal yeah. out of season is that hunting no no what is that by definition it's poaching it's poaching it's poaching right? you're not a hunter you're a poacher, no, no. You're a you know? poacher. yes exactly yes. that's not that's not toxic hunting it's poaching Big so up. when people use uh you know the 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 physical attributes of of you know what what People perceive it is to be a man, uh, to be a
0: scumbag, to be yeah. you know, a predator. That's not toxic masculinity. That's yeah. just scumbaggery. Scumbaggery, yeah. And it's it's the That's antithesis it. of masculinity. Masculinity, prime example of you, a fierce warrior but a loving, doting father who, you know, protects and nurtures Gracie to the highest caliber. And I commend you so much for that. That is the ultimate state of masculinity. That is, that is pure masculinity. Masculinity is being able to nurture the life of a beautiful little child and protect them and, and provide for them and empower them with the skill sets and self-sovereignty so that if you're not there, they know how to protect themselves. Hey, that's, that's a huge missing ingredient that most people aren't doing. And that was why it was so fun when you and Gracie and I would train like in the yes. kids' class. Those are some of the best days. I she was like three training. or
1: four years old. That was amazing, It yeah,
0: That was the best, dude. She was such a ball of like, like, energy and just wanted to learn and was so excited. And I would get stoked up for her energy and need feet off it. And it was Mm -hmm. like, I love training kids, like training little kids because they don't complain. They just see things through this spectacular lens of like, they're not victims. They're just excited. They're, they're not falling into these like, you know, false vernacular terms of like, Oh, you're toxically masculine. No, like a true masculine dude is a guy who again can nurture, love, protect members Mm -hmm. of society And then when shit hits the fan and the enemy's at the gates, guess what? That dude's drawn from his scabbard his sword or his rifle and dumping rounds into whatever threat is incoming and is preventing the way of life and is potentially going to enslave, murder, rape, pillage the innocent members of society. And without masculinity, the pure form of masculinity, which is a nurturing protector... Good luck having an orderly society. Good luck having any sort of stability. And guess what Mm -hmm. happens? You see what happens in Syria when you have these cowards who blossom into this large group like ISIL, ISIS, and rape, murder, pillage, crucify, burn Christians at the stake, stone women and children for learning how to read or taking off their burqas. That evil spreads and perpetuates when good men... When non-masculine men sit by and do absolutely nothing. So if anything, we need to rearmor the next generation of masculine men and not neuter and clip the, 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 the bravado and the willingness and the courage to fight and stand up for the convictions of what is right in society and in the world. And there's really a split. It's a spiritual fraction and fissure that's taking place. And it's quite simple. There's the draconian Luciferian consciousness – which lives off a narcissism, ego, and greed, will rape, will pillage, will commit all the egregious seven deadly sins with no regard for any other human life or their feelings of others. And then there's the, you know, you'll say Christ conscious, the enlightened conscious, which operates out of light, love, compassion. And we need to swing that pendulum sharp to the ladder because guess what, man? Like there is a entire cultural movement which is under the guise of I'm victimized or masculinity is toxic or that is the poison. That is the blue pill that they're polluting the populace with to a spread fear, dissension, tribalism, uh, control and b literally neuter and cripple humanity as a whole. Well, fuck that. It's time to draw the line in the sand and it's trying to take the power back, you know, and man, it, it's there's no time like now and we what we're seeing with the rapture and the division of humanity is exactly that the demasculinization and the stripping of the protective forces that good men once used to have and now with the advent of social media and all these keyboard crusaders and even dudes in in, in the flesh like on the heads up I've seen so much disrespect I've seen so much narcissism and ego and greed over the last couple months Firsthand, and I've 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 invited people. Man, we could go train. We could do this. those same dudes who trip like little Pomeranians are the <laughs> last people to to toe the line and throw down. I don't care who you are. If you disrespect my boys, more importantly my friends, anyone and any person's way of life, you disrespect my ancestors, my family, my 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 lineage, more so than myself. Like, dude, I'll I'll make you meet your maker if I want to and walk down some deep alleyway where there's no cameras, there's no cell phones. And I'll give you a real deep glimpse and, and, and fucking micro focused insight into your soul. And, and it, (laughs) and I'll decide whether or not I take it with me or not, but you know, and and, and, and that, that, that probably is like demonized or that. Well, You know what? It shouldn't be demonized. You should be able to, as a man, be a dangerous man, be proficient in all facets of combat. Like Jordan Peterson says, right? Like, A good man isn't isn't a weak man. A good man is a strong man who is skilled in violence, but controls his violence to the point where he only utilizes it in the protection and preservation of life for the goodness of humanity. And that's a little bit of an ad lib. That's kind of what I added to it. But that's kind of the gist and the interpretation that I get from Jordan Peterson's, you know, uh, mentalities and, and philosophies and We need more of that. We need less of, oh, woe is me. I grew up here. I didn't have a mom or dad. That sucks. We all go through struggles. I remember collecting cans and bottles to pour milk in my Cheerios. I remember always being in fear and and trepidation of losing my home. But you know what? Good. I'm happy that happened to me. You know why? Because it gave me grit. It gave me fortitude. I started to work at a young age. I learned the importance of saving money. I learned the importance of working for what you have, not being entitled. And I'm happy for all those life lessons because every adversity that I've gone through has fortified, sharpened, and solidified my soul to be a better crusader for the rest of humanity and society and to and to stick up for the injustices in the world. And I'm happy all that shit happened. So this woe is me victim mentality where, you know, listen, everyone has darkness in them everyone has rough experience but it should be just like it shouldn't be post traumatic trauma it should be post-traumatic growth we should emphasize not what was lost or taken but the next steps of how you're going to create life on your own terms and
1: uh, i'm so glad you said that and i'm, I'm actually i'm the, the, it's i'm stunned that you said that because the whole concept of post-traumatic growth is, is actually relatively new to me and um i actually i don't think i even told you about this yet man I just got back a couple of weeks ago from a mm. uh, a seven day veteran retreat. Okay, uh, focused on post traumatic growth. Beautiful. Uh, and uh, you know the the mantra there is struggle is a terrible thing to waste. Yeah. Um, and I'm actually, if if all goes according to plan, I believe one of the one of the senior path guides from that program is going to be the next guest on the podcast. Beautiful. I love yeah. it. So I know you're going to get a, get a kick out of that. Okay. But it's yep. so true. I mean, you know, and it's interesting. I i was asked at one point you know if i could if i could you know take my my family tree right from from great grandparents down to me and identify every trauma that everyone on every branch went through and i could apply a filter anywhere on that family tree and below that filter those traumas will not be passed down mm. and you know the question was asked of all of us and people were kind of strategically placing okay where do i <clears throat> Where do I put this, this filter? And some people, you know, would put it, well, I don't want it to get to me or, you know what? I'll take it, but I don't want it to get to my kid. I'm not putting a filter there, man. I'm not putting a filter on that family tree because every struggle I've gone through, every trauma that I've experienced is an opportunity for growth. I'm stronger because of it. Yeah. It might've put me down for a good long while, man. And it, it might've kept me in a dark place for a long time and it might have had, and is still having, an impact on my daughter. Roger, check. I get it. But dude, are we all going to be stronger for it? That's something that we're going to grow from. And that's 5, 10, 20, 50 years. That shit is going to be paying dividends. Compound the dividends that you receive from, from, from traumas like that and stress like that and struggling well. Compound that over 50 years and tell me that that one experience isn't worth it. And, I can make that argument.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and that's such a good, valid point. And I feel the same way. And you know, through meditations, I've I've taken a deep dive to kind of go back and heal some of those epigenetic traumas. And and that's what it is, man. The body keeps the score, right? You epigenetically carry those traumas in each individual cell of your body, and and that is that can be a painful thing. It's like having a thorn embedded in your skin and and you, you, the skin heals over the thorn, but every once in a while you hit your elbow and that thorn is pressed into that nerve Mm -hmm. ending and you get this fired release. Well, that's good because it gives you that, that, Maybe learning lesson and you're able to unpack that and be like, oh, the last time I did that, this is what happened. There's a cause and effect and a learning process through negative reinforcement. But if you don't understand the traumas and epigenetically unplug them and learn them as post-traumatic growth, then they'll always plague you as post-traumatic stress or distress. And so super important to, to like, vocalize what you've been through. I think that's the other thing. Like, get it off your chest. Disclose it. Like, get it out. So you can unplug that thorn that is plaguing you, right? But then don't revisit it or don't don't use it to handicap yourself again. And I've seen so much, like with the We Defy Foundation and like sponsoring combat vets with jujitsu memberships. Like that has been such an empowering force in my life. Seeing these guys, my boy Joey Boznic, and like the Brian uh, Brian uh, Marvin and 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 Alan Shabaro, You know, both two two Army cats, and you know their friend losing both his legs and an arm uh they wanted to create an adaptive jujitsu program where they could enable him to feel powerful again reclaim his sovereignty and jiu-jitsu was the perfect catalyst for that man you know so again i urge anyone who hasn't thought about martial arts or is maybe you know traumatized or has some sort of egregious injury like get on the mats man i've trained plenty of kids who didn't have use of their legs or their arms who had cerebral palsy or amputees and Jiu-jitsu is for everyone, man. It's something that will change your life. It will empower you. and It will enable you to no longer be a victim but rather be a victor. And through that small incremental challenge, even if you're injured or even if you can't do all the movements, that's fine. Just go watch, absorb, be part of a culture, be part of a tribe, feel importance, feel valued again. That's so important. Surrounding yourself with a team of warriors who aren't letting the external circumstances get inside their bodies if you don't go inward if you don't go within you go without meaning if you don't go inward and, and meditate and really get to know your body and, and and the space that it's in you will literally deprive yourself and you will go without all of the joys of life and get in touch with source with god like get have those conversations because even when you feel like you're at your lowest point and you're alone you're never alone man you're always protected you're always there's always someone watching you right victor Frankl, you know after surviving auschwitz you know um, he who has a why can overcome anyhow, right? What is your why? What is your purpose for existence? What is your purpose for life? How are you going to be a better member of society and serve those around you? And if you start operating with that really divine concept, your life will improve in a multiple of ways. And When you ask not like what God can give you, what other fellow man can give you, but you ask how you can be of service to humanity and you start your day with that intention of gratitude to to know that it is an honor to be of service and to be of value and to be of purpose. And even if you don't have full physical ability of your legs or your arms, just you fighting is going to inspire someone else. And you're now serving the purpose of inspiring that person who was thinking about taking their life, but now has a little glimpse of hope and gleam because you spoke to them in a, a positive way. Dude, the ripple effects of that are profound and and, and and radiant. And that resonates to the hearts and souls and not just the people you're talking to, but people of all walks of life and all positions. Right. So that's, that's really important. And that's like, I think what I've been trying to take a deep dive in the last couple of years but um you know
1: i'm happy it looks like it's paying off man i mean yeah. you're an absolute poet warrior dude <laughs> I mean, you, you've always been a poetic gentleman uh, uh for as long it. as i've known you but uh <laughs> yeah like watching you really really kind of you know immerse yourself into into this theater this 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 realm this this world um and combine the two has been fascinating it's been, yeah. it's been a lot of fun following
0: you, man. Oh, I appreciate that so much, brother. And likewise, man, using this awesome platform to, to raise awareness and build tribe and community for the veteran space. And, like, it's awesome. And I can't wait to have you next year, man. You and I are going out to PB Abate in Paradise Valley, Montana, and we're going to PB Abate Fight Club. Which is a full immersive week experience of Muay Thai, boxing, jujitsu, mindfulness, meditation, yoga in God's country. This beautiful land before times, like river, rift, valley, and the mountains of Montana. So, market uh dates, TBD, but probably third week of August. But you and I are okay. going out. All right. Dude, so. it's been a
1: while since I've rolled, man. Like, like I, I still bang a little bit here and there, but it's been a minute since I've rolled.
0: Any martial art, judo, Muay Thai, jujitsu. I, I love muay thai and, and shit let's go to thailand together man let's take a little hiatus and go train, you know, down. <laughs> train, train with my down. let's do it let's seriously go and i mean that's kind of like a spiritual cleanse so just unplug from the matrix and like go to thailand is something that i've been really like kind <laughs> unplug from up, the man. matrix i like
1: that <laughs> let's get down. together and figure out something to do
0: let's do it i would love that brother so you're you're in, you're in virginia i'm in northern virginia right
1: outside of dc now yeah
0: okay okay cool cool um, I'm going to be cruising up probably I'm due for like a road trip up the East coast, man. So definitely in the fall. And and I want you to keep that date in mind September 29th to October 1st, man. Take the okay. train, up, come meet us out in, in the Hamptons. So I could pick you up. Like dude, would love to have. You, oh, it's that in the
1: Hamptons. Okay.
0: Yeah, would, would love to have you, man. So <laughs> dude, let's make it happen, man. This could be like a, a blowout. Awesome event, man. Legit. All right,
1: cool. So this is, this is part one right part one. here.
0: Yep. We got part 2 coming up at uh what end of September,
1: early yeah. October. I
0: love it. Let's keep these dialogues going, man. Let's let use, uh, you know, our platforms and our networks to really grow and build and scale and just be forces for good, man. That's that's the, end. You know, the name of the game. And mm-hmm. uh we'd love to get you out with Aerial Recovery Group, man. Do some disaster relief, maybe do some human anti-human trafficking work. Um they're doing amazing things. Um They're partnered with Tim Ballard of our Underground Railroad, and so Jeremy Locke and Brittany Turner, they're doing amazing work to combat anti-trafficking globally. Um, They took down a trafficker from Holland who was importing 3,000 women and children from Ukraine to Mexico City. Um, They recently took down a big ring down in Colombia. They're doing God's work, man, and uh, we need able-bodied individuals like yourself to, to broadcast and spread that message and to help us in the pursuit of that. Let's play. So that the screams of women and children do not do no longer fall on Let's play, man. Let's do it, brother. <laughs>
1: dude. Thank you so much for coming out thank on the great. show, man. This is this has been amazing.
0: This is awesome.
1: This is great. You got uh, you got jujitsu coming up pretty soon, right? You got a, you, figured, got a class. Yeah, you Got to make in a few minutes. I got to
0: pop smoke, brother. Pop smoke,
1: outstanding. All right, cool. Well, all again, best, my, my Look dearly, to well you again, bro. I Warrior
0: woman, Gracie, all right? I can't wait to train all together, man. Can't wait to see you guys in person. And thank you for the opportunity to speak with you. Blessing, thank bro. You. Blessing to all that you know, man. Received. You too, man. Love you, bro. Love you too, man. Later. Later.